The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and Art Van Furniture and Mattress. And a good Tuesday night with you, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Welcome into our Bears All-Access show for the week. Uh, quick turnaround we had you last Thursday. Back with you here on a Tuesday with Tom and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, the former Bears quarterback joining us tonight as well. Uh, later on in the program, we'll be joined by, uh, I don't know, is he Kareem <laughs> Biggins? Is he Anthony Adams? Is he Double A's? Is he Anthony Spice Adams? Uh, we'll get an all- NBA All-Star review. I guess we get that from Jim. I, I think you got to preface who you're talking to before you ask the question <laughs> yes. what you're going to ask. Don't we, ask Double A yes. a question about the basketball game. That, that's a great point. And uh, Jim could probably talk about All-Star festivities as much as uh, Double A. Uh, you oh, have a good time? Great. Well, I, I didn't get rejected like Anthony Adams in the celebrity <laughs> game. I'll take that. But uh, he's always a, a pleasure and hilarious to watch. My son follows on Twitter, and he's like, Dad, look at this guy. Well, yeah, it's Anthony Adams of the Chicago Bears. He's hilarious. And so what's not to like about Anthony? He always makes it fun and entertaining. But, yeah, it was really, I thought, well done. You know, the United Center was packed. A great tribute to, to Kobe Bryant. And just, uh, you know, to see those great athletes out there playing, it got extremely competitive uh, in the fourth quarter, like the setup that they had to, to to get to the projected score of 157, and they were getting after it. Uh, but just, uh, you know, I know they're all all-stars and they're all tremendous players and, and athletes, but even when you watch guys like that up close and personal and just for those guys as basketball players, just how well they move. Like Ben Simmons, that, that guy's athleticism of the 76, that, that dude is off the charts. Off the charts. He's one of those guys, Tom, that we talk about. 90% of the guys in the NFL have to work their ass off, and probably 10% are just that (laughs) physically gifted. That Ben Simmons is athletically gifted, man. To watch that guy move, it is just effortless uh, for him. The only problem was he's got to finish it. Probably it comes so easy for him. If he just worked on his shot a little bit more, it'd be tremendous. That's pretty important shooting. I I was walking through Hallis Hall the other morning, and I ran into Coach Nagy, and he said that he was at the All-Star game, and he was left with the impression of the the incredible size of – all the players that you're surrounded by. And you know what? I think when the All-Star game comes around Chicago, I think it's good for all Chicago sports teams because whether you have a chance to rub elbows with one of the All-Stars or just see the emphasis of success for the weekend that you know have the surrounding stories about all these guys, and it's just when you're a young athlete that you're living in the moment. And I, I was at the All-Star game in 88 and understood what that competition was with, with Jordan and um, – I, I think it's you hope that you leave the same reflection on all the sports teams here in Chicago well, after that weekend. I, I get to speak for my 13 year old Manny, him and all of his friends. It's all NBA, man. That's all they talk about. Um, you know, Zion and the draft picks and Taco Fall. Did you see the dunk contest and all this? That's all they talk about. They are just uh, they love NBA basketball. And, you know, I, I got suckered in as well because you know you pay for parking and then. We tried to go in and grab buy a Kobe jersey, of course, but they were sold out already the Monday to, prior to the game. Think about that. That Kobe's jersey was just flying off the the shelves because everything that was unfolded in the tribute, which was uh, fantastic. So we settled for a Westbrook jersey, and then at halftime, my son's got the gall to say, "You know, Dad, 
I really should get the shorts to make it an ad. <laughs> so you blew so, a few hundred, huh? Yeah, uh, try about 350. <laughs> 350. I think you're good for it. I think you're good for it, Big Jim. It was uh, fun. He enjoyed uh, it. You know, when you mentioned Nagy, uh, you, you look at what teams in the NFL are trying to do offensively right now, and especially at receiver and all the different weapons. You're essentially trying to build a basketball team. You're, you're building a, a whole group of different types of weapons, size, shape, speed, to accentuate different aspects of your offense. I mean, that's pretty much what you're trying to do right now. Or in the case of the Chiefs, you're building a track team. But you are trying to, to get the guys who can, you know, box out, leap for those red zone touchdowns, of the back shoulder fade. You're looking for the quickness and the speed out of the slot. You're looking for variety, aren't you? But, you know, li- listening to a show today, they were the point of emphasis they were talking about is such a big group of receivers that trying to match them with the right defensive backs. And like the topic that we talked about, they even brought it up in converting these w- wide receivers to defensive backs, just trying to match that outside size to these offenses. And you're just not going to be able to do that because there, is, there isn't an abundance of six-foot-plus cornerbacks out there that are – are great at what they do, and they can combat the NFL offenses of today. Yeah, and it's just the history of the draft. Over 30 receivers are normally drafted, I believe, is is the average, and that's going to mirror with wide receivers. Um, here, let me just pull up the, the averages right now. Receivers, the average draft is 31 receivers. So for cornerbacks, it's 32. They kind of mirror each other. And just to emphasize Tom's point, you look at this receivers class and how many guys, you know, look at D.K. Metcalf last year here he's a second rounder and he looked like a season pro by the end of the year he's well over six foot but in terms of over defensive backs over six foot the top probably six guys are listed over six foot six one six two primarily about six foot after that five eleven five ten and it just literally you just like tom said you just don't find them Trayvon Diggs, who we who we talked to at Alabama, I mean, he was a former receiver that converted to defensive back, and he's one of those guys that's probably going to go high because he's got the size that Tom's talking about. Yeah, wide receiver depth in the draft. You're hearing now there could be 30 guys drafted by the third round. Easily. There, there may be 40 I mean, guys drafted. Think about that. By 40, the third round. Yeah, 40 guys are listed to be drafted. In this wide receiver group, that's so, how talented of a group. It you know, is. then what position does that affect them and move them all the way to the free agency market? Is there going to be a position that's going to affect, or oh, is I, it just going to be the back end of the the guys that were going to be picked in the seventh round, regardless? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to affect the free agent wide receiver market. You know, you you look at the guys that are out there. AJ Green will probably get tagged, I would assume, by the Cincinnati Bengals. But what team is in a rush to re-sign any of these free agent wide receivers? Look at the success of wide receivers in the draft last year. Anybody from Hollywood Brown of the the Baltimore Ravens. Look at AJ Brown AJ, there yeah. for to Tennessee. We mentioned DK Metcalf. I mean, D, look at Debo Samuel. Look at the two rookies in the Super Bowl. Debo Samuel was awesome, and then look at uh, Harden or Miko Hardman for. Uh, for Kansas City. So if I'm a free agent wide receiver, um, I'm a little depressed because I think that market is going to be pretty stale here because a lot of teams will be looking at the draft. And the so therefore, too, you know, class. this is the first year you can have transition and franchise tag on a player. Uh, yep. So, you know, you think that'll be less of an impact on those positions, on those skill positions because of that? Yeah, I think the positions you probably want to franchise is tight end because this is a weak draft. So I would think, say, like Hunter Henry, I would think he would. The Chargers would probably want to think about tagging him, or say even uh, Austin Hooper, 
that tight end could get a tab. You already saw Greg Olson. He got signed today by Seattle, right? So yes. there's a good tight end off the market. Eric Ebron, he's a free agent, but you know, I think those tight ends probably will, will command a tag because this, this is not a good draft for tight ends. It really isn't. This is Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you. Uh, in our next segment, we'll start taking some phone calls. If you're so inclined, 312-644-6767. That's 312-644-6767. You know, with the combine before free agency, which actually starts a month from today, uh, the tampering period, the legal tampering starts the 16th, the 18th. Free agency opens up, and, you know, you, you, you try to spray to all fields at the combine. You look at everything. You want to get your ducks in a row, and then you fill some, some needs in free agency. Hopefully don't go crazy with the spending. At least that's my perspective on it. And then you go and, and fill fill the voids with the guys that you're going to grow with over the next, you know, one to two to three years. Oh, you uh, know, that's how I look at it. How do you guys look yeah, at it? You know, a lot of a lot of teams that follow that flow chart, it's more easily predictable because they have picks starting in the early ones all the way through. When you're trying to predetermine who could possibly be around, I think you have to put more emphasis in studying every player at the Combine rather than just a select few. We'll get Jim's thoughts when we come out of the break. Again, Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. With you on Bears All Access, it's brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with us from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with a lot of information building up to the Combine a week from uh, today. We'll be uh, up early in Adam, Big Jim, at the Combine, hearing a lot of, a lot of information being uh, thrown about, uh, coaches and general managers on that day, and also the first wave of players. So, Beginning of a, an extremely busy week for the Bears and the rest of the other 31 teams. Uh, and with that being said, let's take a minute to uh, take a look at how you guys feel about this year's draft class in general. We'll get more specific as we move closer to the draft. It's a couple months away, but, you know, the strength of the draft appears to be receiver, appears to be tackle, appears to be uh, depth in certain positions. Um, I don't know. Do you do you put quarterback in that category in terms of depth, or not as many as at the top? Obviously, there's three guys, but what are you guys looking at that? Yeah, you, for me, quarterback. I mean, obviously, the the top two guys in in Kua, Tua, excuse me, out of Alabama, he's going to be the wild card because it's all about medical for him. And I don't even know if he's going to be able to throw uh, before the draft. They're going to try to set. Up, I talked to him at the at the Super Bowl, and he said he is going to try to arrange. Uh, you know, a workout for all 32 teams in the NFL where he'll throw, but a lot of that will be determined by the doctor and if he gets cleared and, and all that, and then you'll have to go through the medical competitive advantage. But obviously the first two guys are interesting when you look at Burrow and Herbert, to me, removed all doubt. That guy can play. I saw him up close and personal at the Senior Bowl, and he's not going to fall far. And if anything, he is going to move up. He went down there, he competed, and he removed all doubt. And I think, he, you know, it's really, to me, the draft is going to start at, at uh, pick three with the Detroit Lions. So if Burrow goes one, uh, I would think Chase Young, the pass rusher, goes two to the Redskins. Now Detroit's in a quandary. They're going to keep Matthew Stafford. I doubt they're in the quarterback market. They could potentially trade down. And I would think there is going to be, whether it's the Chargers, whether it's Miami, maybe they want to trade up and get to that three spot to take uh, Justin Herbert out of Oregon. After Herbert, Eason intrigues me. 
um, <clears throat> a little bit. I liked Anthony Gordon and what I saw from the Washington State product. Um, other guys, I think, are just guys like Jake Fromm. I know he's comes highly regarded it, with his career, and he's played in big games, and he's played in a lot of them. And here he declares uh, as a junior to, to come out. I think he's just average. I think he's got average arm strength, average ability to move. Um, uh, love the the kid out at Utah State. He's uh, very athletic and has a big arm. He's intriguing. I would think basically Love and Eason would be the two other guys. And Anthony Gordon, I think, is is intriguing. Uh, he'd be a later round draft pick, but I think those other two guys would be middle rounders when you look at Love and Eason. Um, that's how I see it. You know, I, I like the draft as a whole. It's it's kind of a, a, a tale, you know, two two tales this year because paying attention to the Bears side of it, it's hard to really get the anticipation and, and too emotional about it because they're picking so far down the line, and you really don't have you know anybody with a target on them that you keep hearing about you know throughout the airwaves here. But I like the talent that's going to go in the draft, and I'm. Tua, he scares me just because of the health issues. If I'm looking at a team that's within the top five, I have to consider them having a poor offensive line and maybe not the ability to protect a guy that's coming off of injury. You know, do you want him to play right away or do you want to play him a year down the road? I, you know, I, I, I like the, um, Burroughs from LSU and the the quarterback from Oregon. Those are the two guys that if I was a team that was looking for a quarterback up front, those are the guys I would be looking at. I'm interested to see where Chase Young goes because it seems like man, he's he's got a high he's got a high grade and people feel like he's going to have an immediate impact on a team that he goes to. And well, if they're you, either saying one or two. Right. But that well, you know, but you know if if he's put in the right place, is it is it a team that's hurting so bad defensively that one um, one immediate threat of a pass rusher can help three other defensive players be a better player? And it's just you know I, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes from this point on because I I undervalued Bosa who came out of there a year ago. What do you think about the overall edge and defensive end uh, class, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I like it. I think there's some some talented guys. Pat and I actually uh, went through, you know, some of the defensive ends, went through defensive uh, tackles today. But the edge rushers, I think, are, are pretty strong. You know, there there are guys that can play up and down uh, the defensive line, even some of these defensive tackles uh, that are coming out. That Javon Kidlaw, Kinlaw out of South Carolina, that dude's an absolute monster. You know, at the, I know he'll play inside, but he can line up as a defensive end too, and he's 315 pounds. And that guy lost 40 pounds, lost 40 pounds. That guy can absolutely do everything from the defensive line standpoint. Uh, he played so well, he basically shut it down at the Reese's Senior Bowl after Wednesday, and he removed all doubt. Obviously, Derek Brown. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Derek Brown. Tackle. Oh, that guy's amazing, too. He's three checks. Those two guys for <clears throat> inside pass rushers and can play up and down the defensive line, those two are definitely going in the first round. I'm intrigued by Raquan Davis out of Alabama and Gallimore out of Oklahoma as well. They're getting a lot of interest as well. As for the defensive end population, you know, Chase Young stands alone is how it sits right now. You got Epineza or Epinesa, excuse me, from Iowa. He's garnering a lot of attention. Uh, Grenard from Florida is another guy. Everybody's extremely talented. The two interesting guys are from Alabama, and it's Terrell Lewis. In his cohort, uh, his teammate that have d- dealt with a lot of injuries, I think are going to garner a lot of attention as well. One, because they're from Alabama, but a lot of Alabama guys come out beat up. So you just got to do your medical history on those guys, and I think they're going to fare 
very well also in terms of their NFL career. You you know, one thing about defensive linemen, there are no more one-dimensional defensive linemen. From the days at looking at a guy like Fred Washington, who you know is going to camp out for 10 years over the center's head, that is no longer part of the picture. You have to have these guys that they grow as as time moves on. You know, you look at, you know, Bears, the players that the Bears have brought in, and they've been able to morph their defensive fronts because of the ability to move up and down the line of scrimmage. And so I I do think that's one of the unique things when you're evaluating defensive line talent as a whole, because even if you're one of the fast outside guys, you're still going to be moved inside at times against different offenses and different personnel groupings. However, Nowadays, what you're looking for out of defensive linemen is these guys, they, they are, they're multi-talented. They can play up and down the line of scrimmage in a right-handed stance or a left-handed stance. I should have mentioned Caleb Von Chasen, also the linebacker from LSU. He can be a defensive end as well. He's going first round as well. So probably here are the three pass rushers that will go. Epinesa out of Iowa, <clears throat> he'll go first round. Chase Young's going first round. Caleb and Chase run, or Chasen out of LSU's going first round. And then you, then you probably turn to those defensive tackles that we just mentioned. Those guys have the ability to pass rush. They're both going uh, first round. So Brown, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I mentioned Kinlaw as well. So there's probably five guys right there, easily first rounders. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller with you. 312-644-6767. If you want to jump on and give us a call, we're going to hear from Anthony Adams about 645 tonight. The position uh, that is um, very interesting right now in terms of what's going to be possibly available in free agency and then what it means to pushing guys down on the draft because of other positions and because of that free agency and because... You're hearing now that, you know, obviously it's it's kind of risky to put a ton of money on a running back, and Todd Gurley's feeling that wrath. Um, salary caps can't handle it. Uh, that running back group, there could be a bunch in the second round that are, that are still quality running backs, third-round quality running backs, and uh, that's something of an interesting angle to this draft. Do you think Derrick Henry will set the scale? I mean, you're talking about a veteran, but is he going to be the guy that's going to tell every running back behind him what you know what you know what you're trying to build up to? So that's kind of interesting before the draft ever takes place. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, it just didn't work out. You know, we think about him; he held out. He even recognized it was a mistake, and I think the market has somewhat corrected itself after the Le'Veon Bell situation. Here, he sits out an entire year comes back, actually gets less money. The Steelers had the better offer out on the table. And here he has to settle for a deal with the New York Jets. Had his career lows last year for the New York Jets as well. So uh, the market is kind of in a correction right now. And as you mentioned, Jeff, plenty of running backs. And think about other running backs that have just stepped in and played well and been productive. Yeah, I think you got to think twice about blowing out your budget on a a veteran running back. You you really got to take a step back and look at that. Salary cap implications being what they are. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This this segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Old Spice. Never let a friend lose his swagger. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Good to have you along. 312-644-6767. You have a question coming up. 645 AA Anthony Adams, the former Bears defensive tackle, to join us on his All-Star Weekend festivities. 
News of the day, fellas. Drew Brees coming back to the Saints. They haven't hammered out a deal yet, but uh, doing it the uh, the new age way, fellas. Uh, Instagram letting everybody know he wants to take another bite at the apple. What's it all mean? You know, I mean, I, I, what's it mean for New Orleans? You know, how are they going to not justify paying him how much they're going to have to? How are they going to move around the quarterback talent they have to make sure that they can keep this position in semi-intact because they had the experience of Drew getting hurt last year, and I knew it was kind of a freak. I know it was a freak injury with his hand. However, he is going to be 40. He is 41. So I think uh, New Orleans – they have to understand the position they're getting in, and is it going to be you know you know a one year deal? But who are you going to keep waiting in the wings to take over this franchise? I think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Is you know Teddy probably his opportunity is going to be out there. Uh, they can't pay all three of them. Taysom Hill is probably going to get a first or second round tender. Um, nobody's going to give up a first rounder for him. He thinks he can be a franchise quarterback. He's 30 years old, number one, and he's only had 13 pass attempts. But I would think minimum to see the project through that, uh, you know, Coach Payton is probably going to put Taysom Hill at the number two spot uh, behind Drew Brees. think they'll work out a number with him. He gave kind of a hometown discount the last time he signed. There was a two-year, $25 million deal. They may have to go a three-year deal or more to spread out the money uh, for Drew Brees because they have other needs that they need to sign. But by re-signing Drew Brees, whatever number they come to, I think that that really sends a message that Teddy Bridgewater, who probably is going to go somewhere to be a compete-to-start type of guy, well, you, like a, a, a Tannehill from last year. Jim, are you going to limit the role of Tyson Hill then? Tyson Hill, are you going to take away his what he does on the offense? Because not only do you have to protect him, you got to keep that backup quarterback but he kind of fulfilled an important role there to making the offense more exotic. No, I, I agree. I still think he'll – they may want to take him off special teams, but I th- still think that he'll have gadget role type plays. Much like, you know, even when we were with the Steelers, I was with the Steelers, we used Cordell that way. Yeah. He was kind of our gadget guy, was still in the quarterback rooms at times. He would go down to the wide receiver room, but kept that gadget role uh, even though he was a, he was a quarterback, and I would think that's you know because it just seems like Sean Payton is the one guy who believes he can be a quarterback. And I heard Mike Westoff, who's obviously was a coach down there in New Orleans, they feel that he can play quarterback. But I, I just think that's really risky for another team. If another team's going to sign Taysom Hill as a quarterback, one he's thirty, as I mentioned, he's only got thirteen passes attempts since he's been in the NFL. That would be extremely risky for any other team to think that. It's one thing to manage a play, a gadget play. It's another thing to manage an entire game at the quarterback spot. I, I just don't think a lot of teams see him that way. All right, so let's look at the uh, quarterback situation. We touched on it last week. It's, it could be crazy. It could be a crazy thing or maybe not so crazy because guys are going to just stick with where they're at for the most part. Uh, who's most likely to leave the nest among the veteran quarterbacks? Well, we already know one, and that's Phillip Rivers. He's already out of the nest. Um so for him, I would think it'd be Tampa or Indianapolis because he's got connections there. Frank Reich actually called him, coached him out in, uh, at that point, San Diego, and so is Nick Sirianni, uh, their offensive coach. So Indy is probably his best fit, but it, it could be Tampa um, would be his next best fit. I, I still believe Tom Brady returns to the New England Patriots. I think much like Drew Brees, Drew Brees knows his best opportunity to win a world champions is in New Orleans. That's why he came out and made the decision. May not make his agent happy as the leverage is out for numbers, but I would think that ultimately is going to be the conclusion for Tom Brady. 
because I think that all sounds nice. Oh, he's going to go to L.A. and or excuse me, Vegas and learn the Raiders' offense. It's just not that way. It's a totally different offense than what he's known for 20 years. And his best bet is through the AFC East that he's dominated for the last 20 seasons. So I see Tom Brady returning to New England. You know, Jeff, I've kindly gotten away from the big three of Rivers and Brady and Drew Brees. And I'm starting to think of what teams need to fortify their quarterback position because I think that's where some of the interesting moves and opportunities and in competition can be created with some of the other names that are around there because um, you know when you see the potential and some of these guys that are going to get second opportunities they're still respected quarterbacks from their first opportunity maybe they just need a change of venue but it's always an interesting dynamic when you start bringing in, um, you know, a, a backups around the league to, you know, start coming here and just get involved in OTAs and start competing at training camp, because then decisions have to be made. So I, I'm I'm interested in that second tier of guys and how they're going to adjust, how the league's going to be adjusted with their movement. Yeah, because you know, obviously, uh, with Chase Daniel being. Uh, unrestricted free agent and whatever the Bears are planning to do at that position, do you care how they go about getting uh, that next guy to come in and uh, help out that quarterback room? In which fashion? If you want to do it by signing, do you want to do it by trade? Do you guys care how, how it all happens? I, I mean, I, I want a, a player that fits the room, that fits the offense, that fits the mentality of Matt Nagy and how this offense is going to develop with this new coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think Mitch would ever shy away from competition because he's one of the most competitive guys in that building. But I do think when you go out there and you evaluate everything you do within this offense – you know, it can't be a square peg in a round hole. It's got to be the right guy for the right system that is the right athlete uh, for this guy to for you know to come over here. Well, those second tier guys. I mean, you're looking at guys like Case Keenum. He's he's been around the block. Um, Mariota. I don't. You know, because to me, the market isn't out there for Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota right now. It's just not there. Um, is what the way I see it. Everybody's like, oh, they'll just franchise tag Jameis Winston to return to Tampa. What for? Well, why would they franchise him for? For twenty seven well, you know, million, the guy we, got twenty million this year, and exactly. he led the league in picks. Right. Yeah. Let me let me let me dwell on that for a second because for all the criticism of quarterback play that's out there, <clears throat> this guy threw for fifty one hundred yards. Yards great. are yards, right? That's all great, but. You don't. I would rather a guy not have all these flashy numbers and still protect the football. I, I have to protect the football, when and I don't know. I don't know where that's ever going to change with Jameis. How are you going to win when you're averaging two turnovers a game? Right, exactly. Go look at his last game. The last of the year. two years, he's number one by far. Yeah, and the, go look at his last decision. Go look at his first decision as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and his last decision. They're both pick sixes. Okay, mm-hmm. and. For a fifth-year quarterback to play like he played the last game this year in Bruce Arians' offense, uh, I would be very, very worried about bringing him back. So I, I don't see it happening, and you don't have to pay $27 million to do it. Um, you know, other guys, hey, if it's if it's Andy Dalton, Bill Lazor knows Andy Dalton. He coached him. You know, that guy fits for the Chicago Bears. You know, whether they're interested in, in trading for him, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, for them, it's never a sure bet of what they're looking at. They can say uh, Joe Burrow's going to be their pick, and it sounds like Burrow doesn't want to be there. They still have to work some things out, I would think, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So they may not want to trade, even though they're floating them out there. Until you get Burrow signed, 
I would think you're going to want to keep Andy Dalton on the roster is what I think. Or if it's a draft day trade uh, for Andy Dalton, when you ensure that you have the signability of of a quarterback that we all assume is going to get drafted in Cincy. But uh, there's not a lot of guys out there. I mean, we can throw out Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. As I mentioned, at least those guys have played. Not a lot of these other guys have, or they're aging veterans that haven't played in quite some time. Drew Stanton's of the world, uh, Mike Glennon's of the world. We know that. That's not happening. Um, there's just not a lot out there right now. Oh, it's interesting you mentioned Burrow because uh, there's quotes all over from the Dallas-Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, you know, he says he has leverage, and I don't know what that is exactly, but the Bengals have their process, and I have my process. That was his quote. Yeah. Is that just uh, agent talk? No, I'd I'd be worried if I was the Bengals, um, <clears throat> you know. And I know he's from Ohio, but his OC of LSU is now in Carolina. Joe Brady. If I'm Burrow, I'm going to try and get to Carolina. Is what I think that they're the, what they're thinking about. Other quarterbacks have muscled their their way out of the first pick. We know Eli Manning and the Philip Rivers trade swap. Now whether that's in the mix, you know, I I don't know. Or the Bengals just say put their heels in the ground. And, Hey, we'll draft him. Where are you going to go? You're going to sit out the yeah, whole year? That, that's my point. I, you know, yeah. yeah, Eli did it. John Helway did it. But those are two distinct situations, and that was a long time ago. Right. Life's changed in the hey, NFL. Hey, Jeff and Jim, let's let's not forget about Tyler Bray. You know, let's talk about him for a second because I've always been interested in him. I've always been interested in the way he practices in training camp and the way he he's played throughout the preseason. I mean – you know where where what is his status and what can be his status going forward with the bears it, i think he's got a big arm uh i think he just you know he hasn't played he's been inconsistent has knowledge in in the offense i think it's been up or down even in preseason play what i've witnessed the uh, the past couple of years um but yeah he's definitely an option uh for the chicago bears i i but i think they want to elevate the competition does tyler bray really push mitch trubisky I think that's what you want to upgrade because I don't think Chase Daniel there was there wasn't a threat there. I mean, if Mitch, if 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 for him, unfortunately for the Bears, if he were to get hurt or if he sours in terms of poor play, you want a guy who's established, who have played, who can definitely step in and fulfill that role and still push Mitch to get better. Uh, now, whether that's Guys that we mentioned, Marcus Mariota. Is it a, a guy like Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has started games and taken the team multiple times to postseason play. So I, I think he's one guy that kind of has removed all doubt. Mariota really hasn't removed that yet and why he was supplanted last year by Ryan Tannehill. It is uh, Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you. Uh, Anthony Adams of the Bears will be joining us coming up at about 645 Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. If you got a thought or question, last night, fellas, I was at the uh, National Football Foundation uh, event, uh, the annual event, raising some scholarship money for some high school and some college kids. Uh, headed off to uh, their respective uh, campuses and character awards. It's always a great event, but uh, it was uh, Tom. Much to your, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you'll love the idea. It was it was offensive line driven. We had Jimbo Covert there. Uh, flying in, had a good conversation with the Hall of Famer and uh, Olin Krutz out there as well. A lot of good offensive linemen and young guys uh, that played some high school and college football. So uh, a great event, uh, but it also underscores uh, just how impactful this game is. And it's the it's the kids and what they've gone through in their personal lives and how football has pulled them through. 
whatever whatever it is that they had to overcome to to get where they are and the and the sacrifices and the commitments. I tell you, it's always a moving experience for me to sit there and listen to these stories. And that's the beauty of this game. Uh, you guys have, have experienced it in unique ways too, and I've done it, you know, from a different perspective, being a play-by-play announcer in the NFL now for some twenty years. You know, they couldn't have any two more committed guys than Jimbo Cover and Olin Krutz. And you look at their upbringing and what they were able to develop into the influences the positive influences they've had around him in their football life to keep their concentration pointed in the right direction. Um, you know, it's, hey man, I, like I said, I knew of Jimbo when he was in high school. I saw him play in college. I played an all-star game with him and I knew what he was capable of in the early part of his career. I mean, he was going to be a first day starter. And I think that's the same mentality that Olin came in with. And it's, it's good for these kids to see that because both of these guys carry a lot of positive energy with them. And, um, you know, whatever, you know, if you have an opportunity to, you know, go to college to continue to play sports, you know, you, you, you just have to look forward to that opportunity because it's the same opportunity that was gifted to me from a blue collar working family to get the opportunity to go to Notre Dame. And it just football teaches us so many life lessons. I mean, so many things carry over to what you do in life. And we know football, you can come in all shapes and sizes, all different backgrounds, all walks of life and, and succeed, you know, and it's about being with a team and all those things. And I do think this football, take your places. You don't think you can go, you know, and just how you push yourself and dedicate yourself. And you, you kind of, you'd be surprised of, of what you're capable of. And it provides that platform along with all, all the other great life, life lessons uh, that it teaches you. You know, I think anybody that, that played the game of football at the highest level will, will tell you that. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, I, I know over the, the past couple of years in terms of safety and all that, I mean, football is the greatest sport on this planet by far. Yep. <laughs> by far it's the greatest sport on this planet. I, I, me- I mentioned offensive line, and that leads me to one last thing before we hit a break and, and join Anthony Adams. So when the Bears are looking at, you know, the line of scrimmage, which every team, in my opinion, should, they can, because that's where you, you win the games at the line of scrimmage. They drafted Cody Whitehair in a second round in 2016. They drafted James Daniels on the interior in 2018. Could that be, with two picks in the second round, an area you guys would be comfortable with, even though it's not a sexy position? <laughs> I hate when you I hate when you say that. That is you the biggest I, bunch of baloney. You, you know what I mean? For the average, if they want an average fan, uh, there's there. Hang listen, on, hang on, hang on. Okay. The average fan. Who loves fantasy football? They're thinking wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs. You know that how that there conversation is... goes. But I'm saying, would you be comfortable with a guard or an interior lineman being selected in the 2020 draft? 100. percent I want to see two two starters drafted in the second round, and I don't care what position it is, and if it is an offensive lineman, so be it. Um, but there is no sexy in football without quality <laughs> offense and defensive line play. You You're don't right. have a Mahomes, and you don't have a. You know, pick the you know you know, pick and, and Ed Reed. You don't have those guys if you don't have sexy up in front of them. Oh, but when we talk sexy. We talk double A. Anthony Adams. <laughs> He's coming up next on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Welcome back to Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. This segment of Bears All Access brought to you by CDW. People to get it. Learn more at cdw.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you. And our guest joining us now for our 
segment here from the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game, and I don't know. All I know is I keep watching a, a, a little dipsy-doodle between the leg dribble, a little hop and a skip and a jump, trying to make a move to the to the rack and uh, completely swatted away flat-footed by Quentin Richardson. Double-day Anthony Adams, what happened in the celebrity game? You know what? That was a foul, and there's there's no place for that in, in, in the game of basketball. It was probably a flagrant, too. He should have been thrown out of the arena. Did you feel you got enough time to warm up? As I was watching warm-ups in the background, I kind of thought you were taking a little lackadaisical. Look at this there. Have you ever seen a cheetah stretch before they go out and get their prey? <laughs> Never. There's no difference with me. I'm a beast. All right, so I didn't need to stretch. I didn't need all of that stuff. I'm a thoroughbred. But you started the game, and what, did you play the first six minutes or five minutes or something? I just do as I'm told. Stephen A obviously doesn't know what he's doing. But, you know, you you, you play the hand you dealt. Hey, I got to give you credit. B- Big Jim, he got the start. I, I said, wow, Double A got the start. Got the start well, yeah, in this game. I'm I'm a beast. Like, why, why are you surprised? It's me. I was. I was surprised. There's only three pro three pro. <laughs> there's only three pro athletes on the roster. There, you know. There's a couple of ex WNBA and NBA players in in Double A. <laughs> yeah, people don't even know I actually played professional sports. They're like, I'm just a social media guy. Well, Anthony, how how have you successfully created this alter ego? My son even follows you on Twitter. He's like, Dad, this dude's hilarious. I'm like, Yeah, I know who he is. You know, he, you know. But how did you come up with this alter ego that has really come become a megastar right now? I didn't even want to do it. It was just something that I taped in, in the garage, and uh, it was just stuck in my phone. And then one day I was bored. And I said, you know what, I, I should put this out. You know, it's the finals coming up. This was a couple of years ago. And uh, I think the uh, Cavaliers are playing the Golden State Warriors or something like that. And I was like, I should put this video up. And so I did, and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I, I woke up to my phone, like, buzzing with, like, all these notifications and everything. And Kevin Hart had posted it on his page. And then once he did it, um, like all of these uh, pages that had a million followers started to do it, and Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg and like all of these famous people, and it just it just took off. So then once I saw that, I had to create a page for him so nobody would steal you know my likeness and everything like that. And now he has like over three hundred thousand followers. Cream like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so crazy. But let me ask you, how come Cream Biggins didn't play in this game? <laughs> what are you talking about? He did. It was just a typo. <laughs> you know, you, you, you've never seen Cream Biggums and Spice Adams in a room at the same time. And now, but all I know, I saw Adams on the back of your jersey. So where was Biggins? Well, you know, Spice Adams is Cream Biggums' nephew. So, you know, a lot of people <laughs> get them confused. I see. <laughs> Anthony Adams, the Bears' uh, defensive tackle back of the day, and uh, Bears insider host along with a staff of thousands hey, double A, Chicago Bears. Was there a pregame locker room atmosphere? Like, were you guys in there getting motivated speeches or anything? Oh, Thayer, let me, let me tell you this. It was a lot of people that were very serious about this game. For some reason, I do not know. So, Lil Rel, the comedian, when I first saw him, I met him a while back. This was uh, Jerry Azuma did some comedy show. And Lil Rail was the host of it or whatever. So that's when I first met him. This was years ago. And so when I saw him, I said, hey, what's up, Rail? 
And he kind of just gave me one of those head nods and just like kept walking. So I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. So then um, we're trying on our jerseys and everything like that. This was the day before the game. And uh, we, cause we had like a little practice or whatever. So uh, I'm like, real. I'm like, man, you got to give me more than that, man. Like, what's up? So then he looks at me really serious. No smile, nothing like that. He says, you can't do the character. You can't just be jacking up threes and doing that. He said, I'm trying to win. I say, man, are you kidding me? Like, this is, you were mad at me because I do the Cream Biggums character? So people were serious about this game. Before we went out there, they had strategies and everything. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I know how these celebrity games go. Everybody's a point guard. Nobody passes to you, especially if you're a big man. In the post, if you're in the post, you will never get the ball. So my plan was if I got a rebound, which these rebounds were coming off the rim so hard, <laughs> it was crazy. If I got a rebound, I was going to take it coast to coast and just do my thing. But Darius Miles, who I, I know I, I met him a couple of times before, he gave me the ball when he took it out. and He, he, he pretty much knew what was going to happen after that. Mm. Anthony, uh, real quick, who is the most uh, interesting person you met on All-Star Weekend or have you met pretty much everybody? The most interesting person, um, I, I finally got to meet Chance, Chance the Rapper. We had exchanged a couple of DMs here and there, but we finally got a chance to meet. And uh, it, it was great, man. It was like instant chemistry and everything. But he, he didn't pass the ball either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, Anthony, you were extremely athletic as a as a defensive lineman. Very impressive with what you could do. I mean, does it – that when I watched the game, and all those guys are just tremendous athletes, every one of those all-stars, but there were a couple that stood out above and beyond uh, that I witnessed during the game. And I'll tell you what, I brought it up to Tom and – and uh, Jeff about Ben Simmons. If that dude ever develops a shot, did you see the way that guy can run the court? My goodness, he's very fast. Yeah, I, I was noticing that too. He's like a gazelle, yeah, like a tall gazelle, and he's like the way he sees the court and the passes that he makes. He's he's awesome to watch. And I mean, that was just the All Star game. Like, I'm, I'm like I'm excited to watch him to see what what Philadelphia is going to do. But I mean, to be six ten. And to be able to handle the ball and pass the ball like that, like if he keeps developing his game, he's gonna be like he's gonna be unstoppable. He's gonna be like um, Kevin Durant. Spices Biggums wear uh, Air Jordans or what? I mean, he's got to have some quality. What does he have a shoe contract? Is the question? Straight Converse, the old school. the old Chuck Taylors. You, know you you are so limited wearing those Chuck Taylors. I mean. <laughs> Where's the, the support? The right? amount of defense you can't play when you wear those. I mean, because one false move and the the plantar fasciitis is flaring up for sure. I mean, they they need to get some for flat footed gentlemen like myself. Three hundred pound flat footers. They need some some different type of chucks. I got all the respect in the world for Will Chamberlain. I don't know how you score hundred points or <laughs> three in those things. They are amazing. Double A, Anthony Adams, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, we'll see you around Hallis Hall, Anthony. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Don't act antisocial when I see you either. Uh, never, never. Just knock on my door. It's always open. <laughs> Anthony Adams, former Chicago Bear here. Uh, one more segment to go before we wrap it up and hand it off. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. 
Well, you can help deserving families by donating a gently used winter coat to the Chicago Bears Jeweled Osco Coat Drive at the participating Jeweled Osco locations. Now through February 28th, donations benefit the Salvation Army. Final moments with Top Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access. Thanks again to Anthony Miller, excuse me, Anthony <laughs> Adams of Inside the Bears uh, with his co-host Lauren Screeden. They do a great job. Um, it's always fun to talk to him. He's always got something crazy to say, uh, that's for sure. But I, I really was cracked up by uh, his all-star festivities. It, w- it was really funny. Good stuff as always. All right, real quick before we wrap things up. Uh, Tom, you brought it up. Uh, OTAs and rookie minicamp and the veteran minicamp. You don't have a ton of practices to look at these guys. What do you expect to be accomplished with year three under Matt Nagy? I, you know, I expect the offense to come out of the locker room running. I mean, to be quick pace at the line of scrimmage, even though there's new coaches. So I think there's enough veterans on here as once they get on their feet, some of these veterans can help the coaches learn this system at probably a more rapid pace. But what if it's tweaked? Well, I mean, it's it's going to be tweaked. It's going to be tweaked every year. There's never going to be an exact offense from one year to the next. So I think with the you know ability for Matt Nagy to tweak what he's got out there now that he knows David Montgomery better, he understands his limitations at some positions or access at some. So I I think it's um. You know, what I really want to do is, you know, we always say, oh, yeah, the defense always plays fast initially. I want the Bears offense to play equally as fast-paced as what we'll perceive the defense to be playing like. Jim, can this offense uh, use a fullback and still be effective running the football, or do they not need the fullback to run the football? Well, it, it doesn't seem to be a preference uh for Coach Nagy, but I, I'm a big believer. I think you you always want to be multiple. The more you can show and the more you can do, and at times they ran better when they utilized uh, the fullback position last year, at least showed a semblance of uh, 21 personnel. Um, even Andy Reid has it with uh, you know Sherman a, as their fullback. So I've always been a proponent to be able to uh, to do that. Now it it could change. You know they got a new offensive line coach, Bill Lazers in there. You've got Clancy at the tight end spot. I I do think the run schemes will be different, and maybe that's something that will be discussed uh, here this off season if it hasn't already been discussed. But I'm with Tom. I think it'll be a rapid pace. I think uh, it'll be a sense of urgency uh, by players, Thanks and I think that will be really you know, professed by the coaches and those players better be ready to go during the OTAs. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for this week's bears all access. Appreciate you uh, listening everybody. And thanks again to Anthony Adams, uh, the former bears defensive tackle, Tom, Jim, have a great week. All right. All right. Guys. Jim C at the combine. Uh, thanks to our producers tonight, Julio Roseo and Adam Stazinski. Thanks everybody for helping out tonight. This has been bears all access on Chicago sports radio, six seventy. the score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.